Hello and welcome back to Teach Me to Pray, a podcast from Eastside City Church. This is episode seven of our season on prayer, and together we are learning how to pray, and we're exploring the exact how of prayer. Uh, we've already covered the who and the what it is that we actually pray, and today we're going to examine the whens and the wheres of prayer. I'm your host, Peter. And today, once again, I am joined by Pastor Jan. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, I'm so glad to be back. As always, our goal is that whether you are a new Jesus follower or, or are seasoned in the way of Jesus, there will be something for you in this podcast. So let's dive into episode seven, when and where do we pray? Not so long ago, there used to be a cheaper time to make phone calls. So if you were calling after 6 p.m., it would be less expensive. But if you were calling after 11 p.m., it would be even cheaper. But if we were making long-distance phone calls during business hours, it would be the most expensive time. So it mattered when you were calling. And speaking of long distance, if you are calling using landlines and not over the internet, it still matters where you're making your phone calls from. If you're not paying attention, you could still rack up a big bill depending on your location and where in the world you're calling. Well, what about prayer? Does it matter when we pray? And does it make a difference where we pray from? Well, consider for yourself, when do you normally pray? Are you an early riser? Do you greet the dawn with your prayers? Or maybe you're a night owl who says your prayers before climbing into bed. Does it matter when we pray? And what about location? Does it make a difference to God, whether I'm kneeling beside my bed, hands clasped like an illustration from a book out of the 50s, or if I'm driving down the highway praying in my car? Well, some of us might choose the same times and locations to pray each day. You might grab a cup of coffee and sit in your favorite chair to have a time to pray. Or maybe you send off some quick prayers as you dash about your day, similar to how you might pause and send out a few text messages or emails whenever you have a spare moment. You might be thinking, is this even worth an episode? Why would it matter when or where we pray? Well, I think there's so many questions that come up when we start to think about the whens and the wheres. So do you pray before you eat? Do you have to? Is that, is that important or not? Do you pray daily, weekly? Do you pray just when you feel like it? Do you pray for uh, one extended prayer time? Or do you pray multiple times per day? Do you pray without stopping? How long should we pray for? Should you only pray alone or with others? Is it important to pray with your spouse or your kids? When we start to look at it, there's so many questions that we can begin to ask. And as we ask more and more questions, I wonder if we get less and less sure of what those answers might be. Well, some religions feature set times of prayer. 
And so prayers are to be said at a very specific time of the year, at specific times of the day. And so if you're required to pray at sunrise and at sunset, well, you'll be praying at very different times of the day, depending on what time of the year it is. And some religions also feature a pilgrimage, traveling to sacred places to pray or to commune with their God. And so we want to look today at how often are we to pray. That's where we're going to start. We're going to look at what the Bible says. And I'm going to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, where Jesus says, as part of the Lord's Prayer, he says, give us this day our daily bread. And so Jesus is indicating that this is a daily type of a prayer. It's praying for today, for something fresh like daily bread. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. In the ESV, it says, Be constant in prayer. And so that's the picture of consistent prayer. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Never stop praying. And in Psalm 119 and verse 164, it says, I will praise you seven times a day because all your regulations are just. And so we kind of get these pictures of how often are we to pray? Well, we see daily prayer. We see consistent prayer, this idea of never stopping praying and praying seven times a day. Well, how about the idea of how long are we to pray for? What does the Bible say about that? In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, One day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. And so we see this picture of Jesus taking an entire evening of prayer to God. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 40 to 41, it says, Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And Jesus said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And so it seems like Jesus had gone and prayed for an hour in how he's talking to Peter. Yeah, let's look at some scriptures where the Bible actually highlights different times of the day where prayer happened. So starting in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, we can read that Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. In Acts 10, verse 9, it says, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, as you've mentioned already, mm -hmm. uh, it talks about never stop praying. In Psalms uh, 5 verse 3, it says, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. In Psalms 57 verse 8, it says, Wake up my heart, wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. In Psalms 108, verse 2, it says, Wake up, lyre and harp, I will wake the dawn with my psalm, song again. Uh, so that's twice now we see the same reference to mm -hmm. waking the dawn. 
In Psalms 119, verse 147, it says, I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. Again, with rising before dawn, before the sun is up. In Psalms 119, verse 164, it says, I will praise you seven times a day because all your regulations are just. Mm-hmm. So we, we're starting to see this picture of all these different times when people are praying. It, we, it's not just one time of the day that we see people praying. Uh, many are in the morning, but we also see at noon and at three o'clock. And we see these different pictures of uh, consistently praying or praying sometimes for longer stretches of time. So we're seeing a lot of variety in what the Bible is saying about where or the whens of how we pray. Uh, And that continues even in church history. When we look at documents like the Didac, which is a a church manual from the first century AD, uh, he recommends disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. And so we're seeing different kind of communities of believers and different documents that are being produced with some different suggestions for the congregations or the people. Hey, I would recommend this. I I pray like this. Pray this often. Uh, uh, Hippolytus, an early church theologian, instructed Christians to pray seven times a day based on those verses that we just read. And so he, he had specific times on rising, at the lighting of the evening lamp, at bedtime, at midnight, and at the third and the sixth and the ninth hours of the day, uh, those being hours associated with the passion of Christ as he was on the cross. And so we see lots of different suggestions, but I think we can see these themes of consistently praying, regularly praying, and finding these times to set aside to pray. Well, let's look at the other kind of half of our question. We're looking at the whens. Now we're going to look at, well, where are we to pray? Does it matter where we pray? Well, when I was 19 years old, I packed up my car and I drove from Calgary to Seattle and I took part in a two-year church internship there. And it was my first time away from home and first time going to a church other than the one that I grew up in. And after the program ended, I came back home and I started working here at Eastside. And then years later, I took my wife to visit Seattle and to see the church where I was for two years. And I remember when I walked into the auditorium, it was such a special place for me. I felt God's presence in a unique way. In the worship, I I had tears running down my face. That place was special to me. And now, being there years later, the, the stage had changed, the carpet was a different color. Things didn't even look the same as they had when I'd been there before. And if I went there today, it would probably look even more different than it did then. And yet, I know it would still be a special, sacred place to me. But that story really has more to do with what was happening inside of me than inside of the room. Because my wife was standing right beside me, but she didn't feel any of what I was feeling. And so when, even when we have these locations that are sometimes really special to us, well, is that really a special place or is that more about something that's happening on the inside? Does our location matter when we pray? Well, this is an interesting question to consider. Um, actually, I, um, 
I like to watch a lot of documentaries. And so I've recently been watching different documentaries about different places in Jerusalem Mm. and just in Israel Mm -hmm. and just that align with, you know, the biblical uh, record of what happened in history at those places. And so I stumbled upon a couple of documentaries showing people who are wanting to climb Mount Sinai. Mm. And Mount Sinai is, of course, the place where... um, God met with Moses, where he gave him the Ten Commandments, where he saw, you know, the burning bush, where, you know, he ta- he talked with Moses. It's just a very significant place where uh, people in the Bible encountered God, mm-hmm. uh, like right in front of them. And so um, there are people all over the world from every walk of life, from every religion, mm. who desire to make this hike or this trek on Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And the goal I would imagine is they believe that by reaching the, the peak Mm -hmm. of Mount Sinai, um, they're going to then encounter the presence of God at the top of the mountain. And so I watched this one guy, he, um, started the trek at night and he had a little, you know, a headlamp on and he hiked throughout the entire night. And at dawn, he was at the top of the mountain with, as well, like hundreds of other people. So they all made this sacred trek through the night, like it's freezing cold and Mm -hmm. you can't see anything except for the light that you bring with you. And you're, you're journeying through the night with all these people. And at dawn, you reach the summit Mm -hmm. and all around him, it's just this awe and this sacred shared experience by all these people from all over the world, hoping Mm. to encounter God, Mm. hoping to find God there at the Mm. top of the mountain. And it's interesting because, you know, it poses a question, can God only be found at the top of Mount Sinai? Right. Well, we we know as Christians that God resides inside of us. Mm -hmm. We carry the presence of God with us. So it really doesn't matter if we go to the depths of the ocean, mm-hmm. to the top of a mountain, right. in a valley, mm-hmm. in a special a cer- a certain monument right. or, or a, you know, a, a temple or a castle. It doesn't matter where we are. Mm-hmm. That's not what brings the presence of God, right? It's a location. Yes, God met with Moses at right. that location. Yes, mm-hmm. God. people encountered the presence of God at those places, but because of Jesus and in the New Testament, we see that no longer do we have to go somewhere else to find God. God can reside inside of us. That's right. And I, I think as we approach this idea of where are we to pray, that there are some interesting comments that we can look at that Jesus made that also helps us to better understand what this looks like for us. So I want to read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. This is as Jesus is talking about prayer, and before he gets to the Lord's Prayer, uh, he says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward that they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, 
will reward you. So prayer is not something that we are to do to be seen. It is not performance art. And so we're not to try to get noticed for our impressive prayers. Let me just come over here and pray in front of everybody, and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow, look, Peter's really praying. Yeah, or I made this incredible hike, and look, I climbed this incredible mountain, and now, God, you can see me, because I made this incredible journey, and here I am. Absolutely. But prayer is intended to be private and personal. I mean, it would be a little strange to have a very public personal phone call with your father where you're talking about the deepest things in your heart and in your life while you're just standing on a busy street corner. We don't have those types of conversations when other people are around. We want to go and get into a private, quiet place where we can really share our heart, even if it's in a phone call. And so according to Jesus, well, our location does kind of matter in that idea of getting away, getting into a quiet place, going into a closet, shutting a door behind us, and having this private time of prayer. But we also see that Jesus, in his life and how he modeled prayer for us, he prayed in a variety of different places. So it wasn't like Jesus showed us, well, he only went one place, and that was the only times that he prayed. So I want to read a a list of different places where we see Jesus praying in the Gospels. So he prayed uh, when he was in the river at his baptism, and so that was a a public time when lots of people were around. That's in Luke 3.21. And when Jesus went to the transfiguration, he went up to the, up a mountain to pray. And we're going to uh, look at that a little bit more as well later on. Jesus prayed when he was in the hills. And so in Matthew and Mark and Luke, it gives examples of Jesus going into the hills and praying. And Jesus went to solitary places to pray. Jesus prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane uh, many times and many examples of that. And Jesus even prayed while he was on the cross. So Jesus did have these places that he liked to go to pray, like the Garden of Gethsemane. But Jesus also models that he's praying wherever he is. When there's a significant moment, when something's happening, he begins to pray. And sometimes that's publicly with other people around, uh, but many times he's withdrawing and he's finding this private time to pray. Well, that leads us into our next section. And when we talk about prayer, I think that many of us may have heard of the phrase of the secret place. And when we think about daily devotions or our time with God, uh, getting into that secret place. And so I want to take a a moment here to talk about, well, what is the secret place? And what, where does that kind of vocabulary come from? And what are we saying when we say that when it comes to prayer? So let's take a look at some Bible verses that kind of, um, where this originates from, and then look at what this means for us. So in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 24, it says, can anyone, uh, can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth, says the Lord. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's in the New King James Version. Psalm 31 verse 19 to 20 says, 
Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man, and you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. In the ESV translation, it says, in the cover of your presence, you hide them. And in the NLT, it says, you hide them in the shelter of your presence. As we kind of look at this, it starts to give us a little bit of an idea or a picture. We see this link between this secret place, the secret place of the Most High, and the secret place of your presence. Well, in the New Testament, uh, these are our next verses. Matthew chapter 6, verse 3 to 4. Again, in the New King James Version, it says, But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. This is Jesus talking. He says that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And in verse 6 of chapter 6 in Matthew, it says, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And then our final verses are from Romans chapter 15, verse 25 to 27. And it says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so what we see here is this picture of these secrets, these secret things that have now been revealed in Jesus. And now this idea even of this secret place is really this time where we get to be with Jesus in the presence of God. Yeah. So the secret place is not necessarily a room or a closet or the top of a mountain or a garden or, Mm -hmm. you know, in a valley um, or in a temple. It's simply time alone with Jesus. It's a withdrawing. It's a getting away, you know, uh, removing yourself from the hustle and bustle of your normal routines, you know, your normal busy day. It's... um, Stepping away, shutting the door, and being intentional to meet with God. Setting aside a time that you are intentionally wanting to talk to God and even spend time listening to hear what he has to say. And so it's a, it's a private place mm-hmm. where just you uh, go to spend time alone with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, so important for us to to grasp and understand is sometimes we we get weird about things and we think, oh, is, well, is this the secret place? And, oh, I got to find a secret place. I got to find the secret place. Where is the special place of prayer? And even when we have conversations, it's kind of like, well, where, are you, where do you pray? You know, like, Pastor, well, maybe if I could pray where Pastor Jan prays, you know? And uh, when really we can see the secret place is that time that we set aside with Jesus. 
Yeah, and don't get me wrong. If I had the opportunity to travel to Israel sure. and climb Mount Sinai, right. you better believe I would make that climb right. uh, just for the experience to see what it looks like and to, um, you know, have that, you know, r- it just brings the scriptures alive. But make no mistake, I don't need to make that climb in order to meet with God. I can do that right here you know, in, in my house, in my, um, you know, that's right. In my city where I live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our closeness with God isn't determined by our physical location, but where is our heart at? And are we drawing near to him? Because we know he is there. Even as we've already read in all these different verses, he's everywhere. We know that God is with us. He's near to us and let's draw near to him. And so I, I think kind of to close out this section, just for us to, to look at and to see the variety in different times when people are praying, different times throughout the day. Sometimes our prayers might be a few words, a short blessing, and sometimes they're going to be setting aside, like Jesus did, an hour or an evening or an extended time of prayer. But we see that consistency and we see that the elements of daily prayer, like Jesus is talking about with daily bread, that it's something that we want to keep coming back to. And it's that relationship where we're continually talking to him. Well, let's uh, move into our final section for today, which is this idea of, well, are we to pray alone or are we to pray with others? And as we see with uh, Jesus, that he often was praying alone, but he also prayed with others around as well. So I want to read a few verses that are some examples of why we are to pray with others, or maybe when we're to pray with others. Luke chapter 9, verse 28, it says, About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountain to pray. And so prayer involves both getting alone and praying, but also praying with others around and in agreement with others in a group. Matthew 18, verse 19 to 20 says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. So we gather together, we agree together, and we ask together. So there's an important element of we pray alone, but we can't just always pray alone. We need to pray in agreement with others as well. And in James chapter 5, uh, it, in verse 16, it says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And in verse 14 of James chapter 5, it says, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Acts 4 verse 24 says, When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. And Acts 12, 12 says, When he realized this, he went home he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. So prayer is not just something that we're to do on our own. Private prayer is very important, and we should have regular times of prayer. But we're not to neglect praying with others. We see these examples of people coming together in agreement. 
times where we need to be praying for one another. And when we're sick or when we're facing difficulty, we want to go to people and ask them to pray for us. And the Bible says that that's important and that that we will see results when we come and pray together with others. Well, what does all of this mean for us? We have tremendous freedom in when and where we choose to pray. We can pray anywhere at any time. And we want to be intentional about prayer and not leave it solely to our feelings. We can pray alone in secret, and we can pray together in agreement with others. And so let's close this episode as we do in prayer. Father, thank you that you see us in the secret place of prayer. Thank you that we can get away, we can close the door and enter into your presence and spend time with you. Lord, help us to prioritize our time with you in the midst of all the busyness of life. Thank you for the freedom and flexibility we have to pray. Help us to be those who, throughout our day, take moments to pray to you. Help us to pray with others and to agree with others in prayer. May we be people who, throughout the day, direct our praise, our petitions, our requests to you. And may we set aside time to seek you intentionally and to enjoy your presence. Amen. Well, today I am joined by Osarame, and Osarame has grown up in and around our church. She's an incredible young woman who's been involved in our youth ministry uh, and she has just graduated from university. And so, Oserame, thank you so much for joining me for this interview portion of our podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, the, the first question that I've started kind of asking each person that I've interviewed, uh, and I want to ask the same question to you, is just simply, what does prayer look like in your life and how do you pray? Yeah, I think prayer is super important for me. Growing up in a Christian home, we like my family would pray like every single night. We'd pray every single morning. We would okay. have like family prayer meetings. And then they would come early to church in the morning to like pray before service. So a lot of prayer um happening and we can get into this later, but I think sure. it was kind of like more recently in my adult life where it's like, oh, I actually have to like be consistent with this. And I need this like every single day in order for me to like grow spiritually and also to be like just saying normally with everything happening in the world, like I need to pray and I need to pray for myself. And so I think growing up, I've always realized the importance of it. But most more recently, I've kind of realized what it means to me and how I need to pray. Sure. Yeah. So when you were younger, uh, was prayer like really structured? Like it was like scheduled, yeah. like in your family, <laughs> like you're talking about like prayer meetings, like yeah. as a family. And so there was kind of like a structure around prayer when you were younger? There was. So it would be like, like for our like evening prayers, we pray like right before we go to bed. And so mm-hmm. we would like, every person would pray in the room. Sure. And then uh, we would like re- recite like our scripture verses. And there's a few that we would like say as a family and then okay. we would end with the Lord's prayer and then that would be it. Um. So yeah, that was pretty structured. And then like morning prayers is mo- mostly like my mom praying and then us like fighting for our lives to stay awake because <laughs> sure. it was like super early and we are not morning people. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we would have like um, kind of prayer sessions 
um, and sometimes on the weekends. And that would be like we would, you know, do some worship songs and then we would like all pray. And then my dad would usually like kind of talk about maybe what we did on set, like what we heard on Sunday from okay. any of the pastors or we would kind of talk about something different as well. So. Yeah, it was it was very structured. <laughs> yeah, and so that that's a lot of prayer yeah. too. Uh, like growing up, just even with some of the other people that I've interviewed who've also grown up in Christian families, and you know, sometimes it's like a prayer after a meal, or like you're saying, mm-hmm. prayer before bed. Uh, but that that's a lot of prayer. Uh, that's really cool. Um, and so, how what does prayer look like now? Like when you're praying, uh, how do you pray? Like, would you find yourself like talking out loud would it be mostly like thinking in your head and directing that to god do you write things down what does prayer kind of look like when you are praying are you driving around like just a little bit about kind of the the nuts and bolts of how do you pray yeah so i guess like before the pandemic i kind of have like my strict morning routine where i like drive to school in the morning go to classes, have a break and then go to practice because I was like a track athlete and then go home. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like the best time for me to pray at that time was like on my drive to school because it was like 20 minutes. And then maybe I'd wake up a little bit earlier some days to like read the Bible or I'd read it like later, oops, (laughs) later in the evening. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when the pandemic hit, I just like stopped praying. And I was like, oh, that's crazy because I'm obviously not driving anywhere. Right. The routines change. Yeah, the routines change. And I I stopped praying for like quite a, I would say like maybe like a month Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then one day I was like, oh my gosh, I like, haven't prayed in a really long time. And this is like a very hectic season of life with like everything happening and, and right. kind of being stuck at home and all that type of stuff. And so from there, I, it was like kind of an experiment with prayer. I would, so I had like different experiments running. I would be like, okay, I'm going to do like my praying out loud situation, but I'm okay. like not a morning person. So I'd sure. like oftentimes fall asleep and I wake up and it's like hours later. And I'm like, <laughs> what has happened? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, let me try and pray like maybe later in the day. But then I would like forget about it. And then mm-hmm. I started doing, I think it was like my friend Tabitha. She's saying that either, I can't remember, either Naomi or someone else like prays like journaling. And I was like, oh, oh okay. I should like try, ju- try doing that. So I, mm-hmm. I uh, ended up doing that for like, two years just like journaling and and praying. And so that was really good for me because it's like really hard to fall asleep when you're like (laughs) writing stuff down. Um, But then I think like most recently I was like, I'm kind of like in a rut and this is like more of a routine and I want Mm -hmm. this to be more of like a relationship. Mm -hmm. So then I started like praying out loud more and like things going back to normal. I'm driving more. So I really like praying in my car. I find that like a really comfortable place to pray. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been doing more of that. But honestly, every day is kind of like different. Like today I prayed on my drive here. Other days, I like yesterday, I journaled. It kind of yeah. just depends on what the day is. And I, I feel more comfortable with like kind of just praying however it comes naturally in the day. So awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing about that. Uh, in our lesson today, uh, we were talking about like when we pray and where we pray. And so uh, is you're, you kind of just touched on exactly that, but kind of not having necessarily a specific time that you always pray, but being intentional about trying different things and finding different times to pray. So like Mm -hmm. you were saying, praying in the morning, hey, how does that work for me? Trying to pray later on and then uh, having a specific place. Is there other maybe times in your life where you have had uh, a specific place where you prayed? I know you mentioned your car. Is that kind of the, that's been like the number one kind of place that you have prayed yeah i i like my car because it's like nowhere that you're going to be driving you're going to be driving for like an hour it's usually like 30 minutes so it's yeah. like very approachable in your mind to say like oh i'm going to pray for the next 30 minutes sure um so yeah i, I really like that i kind of like praying at home sometimes 
or if I'm like on a walk or especially like I did a lot of walking during the pandemic. So praying on walks, that was pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say those are like the specific things I think like or if I have like a specific instance that I need to pray into, like praying, I could, yeah, transportation, I guess, like sure. on the walk, right. on the drive there, yeah. or whatever it is, taking the bus or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I really like doing that. Yeah. No, that's a nice way to to be able to do it is to kind of take that time where, yeah, you know, okay, I'm going to be here for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I have the time to do it. I really like uh, praying in my car because uh, nobody can hear me. It's <laughs> yeah. like private. Yeah. You know, you might look a little crazy when you're stopped at a red light or something <laughs> and someone's looking over at you, but uh, everybody's talking on their phones or other yeah. things now. So it's not that unusual. So yeah, I, I enjoy that as well. Um, one of the other things that we touch on in our lesson today is the idea of the difference between praying when we're alone and praying when other people are around and how like both are important. It's good that we have time when it's just us. And then there's uh, times when we're praying corporately, whether with it's a large group or a smaller group, um, how is praying corporately with others different for you than when you are praying alone? Do you find a lot of difference there? Yeah, I found like growing up kind of um, like the way like maybe like people from older generations pray or maybe the way that people, I don't because my parents are originally from Nigeria. So the way that they play, pray in Nigeria and I was recently in the country like last mm-hmm. week. And so going to church service and it's really loud and it's sure. really like involved and like everybody's praying and everybody's moving and like. They're kind of just like doing whatever and mm-hmm. and kind of feeling that pressure to like you have to kind of fit that mold, but also right. like feeling like the societal pressure where sometimes it's like you look online and people are like in their quiet room and they're like totally zen and like yeah, not moving. Right. So it's yeah. like there's like pressure from both sides to be like, ah, how like what is a way that I that is most natural to, to pray? And mm-hmm. I remember from a couple of like years ago, I feel like it was John G, like he was like preaching and he was talking about like when you like, I think it was more like a worship theme, like mm-hmm. uh uh, Sunday, but he was talking about like when you worship, like don't worry about like who's watching because it's only God that's watching. Right. And I really think about that. Like I was even thinking about that this Sunday as well. And mm-hmm. like that can apply for like any area of your Christian life where it's like if you're worshiping, just worship for God. If you're praying, right. just praying for God. And I feel yeah. like that relieves like a lot of the pressure. It's like I don't have to be like super loud and like active and like screaming on the ground <laughs> or whatever yeah, it is. Right, but right. I also don't have to be like quiet if I don't feel in that moment. Like I can raise my voice if I feel like that's what I need to do in the moment and that's how I want to glorify God in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just thinking about that from that perspective really kind of relieves a lot of the pressure. Yeah. Um, about like maybe praying in that corporate environment and like how do I per- be, how am I perceived from others? It's like, right. no, it doesn't really matter because we're all here together and we're here to pray mm-hmm. and to glorify God. And so I guess that's like one of the ways that like praying corporately has kind of like shifted in the last couple of years as well. Right. And then also I would say like praying corporately is like, it's like a great way to like encourage yourself and like increase your faith. Mm-hmm. Like I remember um, recently me and my friends, we were praying for another friend and mm-hmm. we would just all get together and we would pray. And in those moments where we come together and you pray for our friend, it was like so much more encouraging and faith filled when I would like compared to when I would like pray by myself and I'd be like, oh, I don't know if the situation is going to change. Right. I'm feeling nervous and feeling scared. But it's like when we all got together, it's like, no, it will change and it must change. Like, obviously, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we ended up like seeing that miracle. And it was so cool to like have those group of girls come together and be like, God did this. Like, he did this. That's so awesome. And we like the exact way that we prayed, he came through. Um, wow. And just to have that experience. And like, we still talk about it to this day, even though that right. happened like a year ago now. So mm-hmm. it, it's really cool to kind of pray with other people and have other people to kind of build up your build up your faith and just be encouraged in that moment. Yeah, I, I know for myself, 
I, I've definitely felt like the pressure that comes from praying with other people or uh, especially if you're praying out loud and other people are listening yeah. to you and <laughs> you're getting really nervous and yeah, you get really in your own head about like, oh, people are judging every word I'm saying and they're thinking and you just think about it too much. But really being able to find that freedom to pray around other people uh, and having people around you who like to pray and you can pray together is such a, a valuable thing. And so finding those people that you can be safe around and that you can mm-hmm. uh, not just talk about life with, but also pray with them. Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, and especially because it's going to, yeah, there's a level of like accountability. Hey, mm-hmm. remember, we're praying into this. And I really like praying with other people when you get to hear just some of the ways that they pray, right? Yeah. Because even part of why we're doing this podcast is that prayer is so private and so personal. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what other people's prayer lives look like or how they pray. And and there's a lot that we can learn from each other, uh, from listening to other people pray and just being like, oh man, that's so cool. Like I want to try praying like they pray a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to introduce some of that. Not like I'm just copying them or trying to be what they are, but taking that into your own life and learning from them. Uh, and I, I think that's a great thing uh, <clears throat> that we can do. All right, next question. Uh, what do you find most challenging about prayer? Because I mean, sometimes praying is easy. Sometimes uh, we've got a lot on our mind or in our heart that we just kind of want to vent or get out there. But other times praying is not always simple. And even you were kind of sharing about just the challenges of getting out of a routine sometimes mm-hmm. and realizing like, oh, this is something that I I value, that I, I think about, that I know that is good for me. And yet there's times and seasons in our lives where we don't always find ourselves praying. Uh, what do you find challenging about prayer? I think for me, when I get out of my routine, it's like, I just totally forget to pray. Like when so this last uh, like school year track came back. And so we were all of a sudden like traveling for all these track meets mm-hmm. and I would like get to these meets in the hotel and I'm like, uh, <laughs> how do I pray again? Like, what am I going to do? Like I yeah. bring my journal, but I'm like, this is just, I feel like I'm in a new environment mm-hmm. and like there's other people in the hotel room. Right. I'm like, how do I do this? So a lot of times I would like not pray as much right. in these like different environments. So I think being out of my routine, it's definitely it, it, I don't know, it's definitely hard to pray as well and to be consistent. And that's mm-hmm. something I'm trying to like be mindful of as I'm like starting this like next season of life where I'm going to start a full-time job and like things mm-hmm. are going to be diff- very different for the next couple of months. Right. So I'm just trying to think and like pray through like, how do I like be really consistent in this area? Maybe not like the way that I pray is going to be consistent, but the fact that I am praying needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So I'm still trying to like wrestle through that and figure out how that's going to look like. So yeah. 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 I think for myself, like that idea of a routine. I love routines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm such a routine guy. And so finding those those things that work for me, like, oh, I'm going to pray at this time. I'm going to pray in this way. But then as soon as anything sort of changes yeah. and you don't have that routine there anymore, it's easy for it to all kind of fall apart. And I think that it's it's important for us to recognize that there is a challenge in that sometimes and to come back to, wait, why is this important for me? Why do I believe that prayer is so valuable? And I, I mean, we've spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about our motivation, why we should be praying. Um, and so taking those things that we kind of know and that we believe, but then finding a new way to begin again, that idea of like, okay, I'm going to start a new routine. Or yeah. even if th- this routine falls apart, I still need to yeah. find a way to do this. Um, and I, for myself, 
uh, prayer was has been something where in the times where I'm doing good and I'm I'm praying uh, and I'm finding some like consistency in praying every day, um, then I, I'm feeling okay about myself. But I, there's always that sense of I, I probably should be praying more than I am. And sometimes there's a lot of guilt that I felt about prayer when, like you're saying, a few days goes by and you're like, man, I just haven't had the time or I've been busy or I haven't even been thinking about it. And I, I feel that guilt or even that shame sometimes when it comes to feeling like my prayer is not good enough or mm-hmm. I need to be better in this area. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people do challenge with uh, or find challenging. Uh, in the area of prayer. Is that something that you've ever felt in yourself? Yeah, I, I think so. Just thinking about like, especially sometimes when you hear like other people pray, you're like, oh, that was yeah, really good. And right. you're like, well, God, <laughs> yeah. you're like, that's not as, it doesn't sound as like sophisticated or eloquent or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, sometimes, but kind of going back to what I'm saying, like, it doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks. It's like prayers, like that's for right. you to God, like that's the direction that it's going to. It's not like you're praying to other people. It's going through right. other people and then going through God. So I try to remember that, but yeah, again, it can be kind of like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great place to come back to. It's just reminding ourselves in the in those moments that this is about me and God yeah. and reminding ourselves of uh, who God is and uh, that if we are able to understand God as our Father, God who loves us, then uh, that those are things that draw us to wanting to pray more instead of focusing on all the prayers we haven't prayed or feeling like we've fallen short in, in these areas. Uh, did you ever find uh, any sort of challenge with, because I, I know your parents and I know that they are the people who love to pray. Uh, like when I talked to your mom uh, for her, she shared like prayer is like breathing for her, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's so essential yeah. to her life. And sometimes I can hear things like that and go like, oh man, like I want that. I want prayer to be like breathing for me. But sometimes it it does feel like, oh man, I that's not what I see in my life because sometimes I'm like forcing myself to pray or like sitting down and having to be really intentional mm-hmm. about prayer. Uh, do you ever feel um, like that, that challenge between how your parents view prayer and sometimes uh, prayer for yourself in your own life? Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I think I, I felt that and maybe sometimes feel that as well where it's like, they're so good at it and then sure. they have like all these expectations of maybe what it looks like and maybe like, when I'm praying, like in that specific moment, it doesn't really look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be a little bit of some pressure. But then also, um, I think we're going through like a series at like young adults. And uh, I don't know what we were talking about. But mm-hmm. I remember uh, there was like a person who wasn't a believer and then they were a believer and they were mm-hmm. like so like down for God and they loved him right. and everything. And just like seeing that, it's like, oh, if they could get there, like I can get right. there too. Like using that as like an inspiration point of like yeah. if somebody can be so dialed in and like in tune to prayer. And like they started like when they were in my position or maybe as somebody who didn't even grow up in the church, like yeah. that is just like so encouraging to me. It's like I can get there too. I can become like that dialed into prayer and that mm-hmm. like prayer is breathing. But yeah. maybe it takes some time. And sometimes like as a young person, you can kind of compare yourself to people who have like years and years of experience and right. kind of um, wisdom and maturity and like the faith. And it's like, no, they didn't get there overnight. Like it was right. definitely a lot of years of like dedication and yeah. like praying and struggling through their prayers mm-hmm. to like get to that point. And you kind of just have to like remind yourself like Rome wasn't built in a day. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think sometimes we, we find ourselves around people who love to pray and they're creating these beautiful masterpieces with their prayers. And you hear 
and then it feels like here we are with like our finger paints, you know, <laughs> just trying to make our our little pictures and reminding us, like you're saying, that to, to stick with it, to keep praying, to grow in this area, uh, because we can develop into these people of prayer and not to be intimidated by it, but to be inspired by mm-hmm. it and to see the value uh, in it in ourselves. Uh, final question for you. What would you say to someone who is starting out in prayer? How would you encourage somebody who really feels like they're just finger painting and just kind of starting out in this journey? Um, I would say to someone kind of what Paul said to like, I, I think in Thessalonia, where he was talking about like, pray without ceasing, like mm. just pray about everything. Like, doesn't right. really matter if like, this seems like a small thing. It's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to find parking. Pray about it. You never right. know. God can yeah. find you some parking or or whatever. It yeah, might yeah. Be. And pray about the big things as well. Like don't, nothing is like too big or too small for God. Like he can mm-hmm. handle everything plus more. So just pray about everything. Keep praying about it. If the thought comes up up in your mind, if you maybe have an anxious thought or anything like that, just pray about it, address it in the moment and, mm-hmm. and God will be there for you. So, yeah. I think that's awesome. I think if we can, yeah, direct our thoughts, those things we're already thinking about, like, man, I need to find a parking spot here. But instead of just internalizing that, directing that to God and turning that into a prayer, acknowledging him, including mm-hmm. him in what we're thinking about, instead of just being so focused on ourselves, that's a great way for us to start and for all of us uh, in this journey of prayer to continue to to live in that place and come back to that place. Uh, I think that's great. Well, Ozermi, thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this and being here. Uh, it's so great to hear from you and to hear your perspective on these things. So thank you for joining me. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Teach Me Too is a presentation of Eastside City Church. It is produced, recorded, and edited by Josh Pegelang, Josiah Ragundan, and Paul Nguyen.